Uh, so we're going to get into our passage today. It's Second Chronicles 7, 13 through 14. Uh, you should have the scripture pulled up right here next to me. Hopefully that's the case. Um, but let's go ahead and read the scripture today. Second Chronicles 7, 13 through 14. It says this. Uh, this is God speaking. And it says, If I shut the sky so there's no rain, or if I command the grasshopper to consume the land, or if I send pestilence on my people, and my people who bear my name humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Let's pray before we get started. God, I uh, thank you. Uh, for your word. And I thank you, God, that uh, even though uh, this scripture was written thousands of years ago to a particular context to, to the Israelites, um, uh, I thank you, God, that, that it's still applicable to us today. God, that we can dig into your word and, and we can find um, truths that, that span time, whether we're in the year 2000 BC or 2000 um, uh, today. God, these words are true. And so, God, I pray as we dig into your word for a few minutes, God, that you would speak to us, and that you'd show us what you have for us. That's in your son's name I pray. Amen. All right, well, we did it, guys. It is uh, officially 2021. We are done with the year 2020, and we actually got a little bit of a surprise. Here we go. You ready? We got confetti cannon. Believe it or not, um, we actually, uh, we got two of these and we practiced one of these earlier and that is much louder than I thought it was going to be. Uh, they actually require an ID to buy this. So um, it is the end of 2020 and usually I would ask, uh, you know, everyone in the congregation uh, to give a, a big amen or uh, raise their hand if they're excited that 2020 is over, but none of y'all are here. So just comment in the section, like give a big amen in the section if you are glad that the year 2020 is over and that we're getting into 2021. And I think we can all agree that 2020 was not the greatest year of all time. In fact, it might be one of the worst years in recent history. Uh, between the wildfires in Australia, COVID hitting in March, the lockdowns that came from that, the death of George Floyd, which led to a bunch of race issues uh, in our country. Um, wildfires then uh, started in California, and then the election happened and all the issues surrounding the election going on right now. This year has just been one long dumpster fire uh, that we are all sitting in and just waiting to burn out. And so I'm, I'm glad that 2020 is over. You're probably glad that 2020 is over. Uh, but one of the good things that's happened in 2020 is there's been a lot of funny jokes and memes that have come out of it uh, where we can just kind of laugh at our own misery uh, together. And uh, one of my favorite ones uh, is this uh, Match.com commercial that they talked about. And so I'm not sure if you've seen this. We're going to show it to you. Um, now, th this is on Facebook. And so I, I don't know if it's going to flag this. Hopefully it won't. But, but here's a great depiction of 2020 through Match.com. Take a look at it right now. Hi. Two zero, two zero. Please. Go 
Call me 2020. So where are you from? Hell. Me too. Call me your save me. I've been feeling so alone. I keep waiting for you, but you never come. Is this in my head? I don't know what to think. He knelt to the ground and pulled out a ring and said, Marry me, Juliet. You never have to be alone. I love you, and that's all I really know. I talk to your dad, go pick out a white dress. It's a love story, baby. Just say, yeah. I just don't want this year to end. All right, well, hopefully you were able to see that. Hopefully that didn't get copyright striked uh, by Facebook. Um, but I think that's a pretty good uh, depiction of how we all feel about 2020, that if there was a perfect pair uh, for 2020, it would be Satan. Um, but 2020 uh, has been a rough year. I think we can all agree to that. And actually, studies are starting to come out and studies are starting to show that 2020 has had a negative effect on people. Um, the American Psychological Association did a study on the stress effects of 2020 on Americans, and this is what the study found. They found that nearly 8 in 10 adults said that the coronavirus pandemic has significantly added stress in their lives, while 3 in 5 Adults say that the number of issues that America faces are overwhelming to them. They also found that one in five adults say that their mental health is worse than it was at this time last year. That's 20% of people. The study also showed that when it came to Gen Z people, now Gen Z people are, are people that are currently in school right now and in college, so kind of the younger adult uh, range of people, they found that when it came to Gen Z people, more than seven in 10 were experiencing common symptoms of depression, including extreme tiredness, restlessness, difficulty concentrating, loneliness, miserableness, and unhappiness. Now, these stats aren't anything new. If you've been following um, stats on mental health in America, it has been on an um, upward trend for years now. But what 2020 has done, 2020 has accelerated these mental health trends, and America is becoming more and more anxious and more and more depressed. So while the easy thing to do is to kind of uh, lump 2020 and throw into the rearview mirror and never look at it again and, and head into 2021, um, what I would rather do, I would rather us to just take a step back a little bit and to evaluate 2020 and ask ourselves, what might God be trying to get us to learn through the hardships of 2020? Because what we, we see often in the Bible, is that God is presenting hardships to his people. God is presenting trials to his people. And the purpose of those trials is to, to uh, produce a steadfast faith within his people. And so again, while it's easy to just say 2020 is done, I don't want to ever deal with that again. What I would rather do is just ask, maybe, maybe there's a hardship going on within us 
that God is trying to use to produce something in us. And so as we look into today's passage, um, it's a similar situation. God is posing uh, the idea to his people that if he was to bring about hardships, whether it's famine or uh, pestilence on his people or the grasshoppers consuming the land, if he was to bring that out, then he would have them um, go through certain steps to respond to that, to bring about an effect. So let's read our passage again today. This is uh, 2 Chronicles 7, 13 through 14. We're going to read this again and then kind of start to break it down. So verse 13, if I, God, shut the sky so there's no rain, or if I command the grasshopper to consume the land, or if I send pestilence on my people, and my people who bear my name humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Now, the, again, this happens oftentimes in the Bible where, where God's people is doing something that he, that he doesn't want them to do. And in response, what God does is uh, he brings a hardship upon them. And what that hardship is supposed to do is supposed to wake them up out of their slumber. Because too often, uh, us as Christians, what we do is we get complacent in our faith. And then that complacency starts to border onto apathy. And a people who are apathetic towards God, cannot do any work for God. And so what God does is he says, that's not going to work that way. Here's a trial, here's a tribulation, here's a hardship, and that's supposed to wake you up. It's supposed to get you back in the game. And so what I'm not trying to answer right now, I'm not trying to answer the question of, did God bring COVID onto the world? That, that, that's, that's a different discussion for a different time um, that, that would take a, a lot more digging into. Uh, what I do want to dig into today, though, is just ask the question of, we are no doubt in a hardship right now. Individually, as a church, as a country, as a world, we are no doubt in a hardship. And so let's take a step back, and instead of trying to get it to go away as fast as we can, let's take a step back and ask, is God doing something through this? Does God want to teach us something through this? And if we, can, if we can posture ourselves like that, then all of a sudden now we can enter 2021 with a posture of humility coming before God, ready to hear what God has for us rather than just trying to run away from our problems. Okay, so we're going to dig into this passage for today. And I think in this passage, um, God is giving his people four steps to walk through whenever they find themselves in hardships. And so as I break these down, I would love for us to collectively as a church, center ourselves around um, what God has for us and what God is doing in us and what God is doing through us so that in 2021, we can be the church shining bright for God to a lost and broken world who's experiencing these same hardships that we are. Okay, so we're going to dig into these uh, four steps that God has for us. Let's get into the first one. Uh, we're in uh, verse 14 of 2 Chronicles chapter 7. It says this, And, and uh, if my people who bear my name humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. So here's the first step when, when, when God's people find themselves in the midst of adversity and hardship. The first step that God wants them to do is to humble themselves. 
Now, humbleness is kind of hard to define, and it kind of has a broad definition. In some cases, humbling yourself means lowering yourself. So like when in Philippians 2, when it talks about Jesus humbling himself, he says that he left heaven, humbled himself, and came down into a form of man. So it can be lowering yourself. Humbling yourself could also be just admitting that you don't know, that you don't have all the answers, that you're not right all the time. The opposite of humbleness would be arrogance. It would be pride. It would be exalting yourself, saying that I know everything. And so for today's purposes, I would like to define humbleness as I don't have the answer. And I think that's what God is asking us to do in hardships. He doesn't want us to try to figure everything out and, and think that we have all the answers. I think what God wants us to do is I think he wants us as a people to humble ourselves and humbly say, I don't have the answer. I, I don't know what to do. I don't have all the information. And, and we're not good at that. And, and I don't think mankind has ever been good at that. But even more so in the age of social media, we're really not good at that. Like if you remember um, back in October, August time, um, I, I talked to y'all as a church and, and I said that me and my wife decided to go on a hiatus from social media for a month. Like it was just getting to us, it was just too much. And so um, what I found at the end of that month is that um, I was a lot happier person without, without social media. Uh, that, that I can uh, think clearly without drowning myself out with the drama of the world. And so I just decided not to get back on Facebook at all. So it's been months since I've uh, really been on Facebook. And then this past week we were visiting family and I had some time to kill. And so I just decided I'll, I'll hop on Facebook for a little bit. And goodness gracious, you guys wear me out on Facebook. I know, I know this is a little um, contradictory because we're streaming on Facebook right now. But you guys on Facebook wear me out because it's depicting this exact same thing right here. Uh, everyone on Facebook thinks they have the answer and they want to share the answer that they have. It's amazing that in the span of just a couple of months that somehow all of my Facebook friends became medical experts, constitutional scholars, and expert policymakers. We don't go to Facebook to tell everyone, hey, I don't have the answer. Can someone help me understand this? No, we go to Facebook to shout our opinion to the world and then put down anyone that disagrees with us. That is the opposite of humility. So I remember after I got on Facebook, I actually, I talked to my wife afterwards and I was saying like, like I just can't do it. Like, like it reminded me why I don't get on Facebook. But social media is a, a, another talk for another time. Uh, uh, that's not the point that I'm getting. The point that I'm getting at is that we're not good at humbling ourselves and what God is asking us to do in the midst of hardship, he wants us to humble ourselves and take a step back and say, I don't have the answer. And so maybe that's how you need to start 2021. Instead of saying, I've got this figured out, 2021 is gonna be my year. Maybe you should say, maybe I don't have this figured out. Maybe I should take a step back and say, Maybe I don't have the answers. And then if you can take that first step effectively, now the next step, step two, all of a sudden becomes everything that God wanted it to be. Okay, so let's get into step two now. So back into verse 14 of Second Chronicles, 
Let's read it again. And if my people who bear my name humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. The next step that God calls us to do in times of hardship is to pray. Now, if you've done the first step, humble yourself effectively, then what you've said is, I don't have all the answers. So the next logical step is to pray to the one who does have the answers. And that's exactly what God wants us to do. But, but here's the thing is that, that I'll be the first to admit that I'm not good at this. Like, like whenever a crisis shows up in my life or, or a hardship shows up in my life, um, my first knee-jerk reaction isn't to pray. My knee-jerk reaction is to try to fix it. Like I'm a fixer just like any guy. Um, I, I don't want to um, put off problems. I want to try to fix those problems. And I think that if I can just think through an issue long enough and hard enough, then I will come up with a solution that's good. Now, I'm not saying that, that uh, uh, coming up with solutions and problem solving is a bad thing. I, I think those are good things, but it shouldn't be your first stop. And oftentimes, it's my first stop that I go to. Oftentimes, I try to fix the problem myself. But if I try to immediately just fix the problem myself, then what I'm actually doing is I'm skipping step one. I'm not humbling myself because I'm saying, God, I don't need you. I have the answers. But if I come to God in prayer first, then what I'm doing is I'm, I'm humbling myself and I'm saying, God, I don't have the answers but you do. And so I'm gonna to come to you in prayer and seek out your wisdom and your guidance. And we see this oftentimes in the Bible, that there'll be times of calamity or, or hardship or uncertainty where God's people is trying to, to find out what God wants them to do. And so they go into a season of prayer where they're asking God what they have because they know that in those moments, they can do one of two things. They can, they can try to uh, white knuckle it and spin their wheels trying to solve the issue and most likely make the issue worse, or they can release control, admit that they don't have the answer, and seek advice from God who knows all and is over all. So we not need to only uh, humble ourselves and admit that we don't have the answer, but we need to then pray to God who does have the answer. So the third step that God has for us in times of hardship, let's take a look at, uh, back to verse 14. If my people who bear my name humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. So God's third step that he wants us to take is to seek his face. Now, now what does that mean? Uh, well, it means very similar. To if I was to ask you, hey, can you go seek me out some coffee? Or can you go seek me out some food or, or anything like that? What you would go do is try to find those things, right? And so when God says, seek my face, what he's saying is, seek out who he is. Seek out what his character is. Seek out um, what his desires are, what his will is, what his plan is. We need to seek out who God is. And then once we have sought him out and understand who he is, here comes the hard part. We need to align ourselves with God. We don't just need to seek him out and know who he is. We need to align ourselves with him. 
And this is where this step is crucially important in times of hardship, and it's also crucially difficult in times of hardship. Because whenever we have crisis come upon us, our tendency isn't to try to align ourselves with God's plan. Our tendency is try to align God with our plan. Oftentimes, uh, I hear prayers from people, and, and I make these exact same prayers myself um, when they're experiencing burdens. And, and the prayers will sound, sound something like this. They'll say, God, can, can you provide this financial need for me? Or they'll say, God, can you heal this person who's sick? Or God, um, there's a person on this deathbed, and, and God, can you just save them? Or we'll say, God, can, can you alleviate this burden from my life? Or we'll say, God, can, can you remove COVID from the world? Or we'll say, God, can you fix this country that's broken? Now, I, I don't think that, that these are bad things to pray, in fact, I think it's a very biblical thing um, to make our requests made known to God because he asked us to do that. But oftentimes when I hear prayers like this, what's in the back of my mind is, what if God wants us to stay in that hardship? What if instead of trying to get out of that financial burden that we're in, what if God's trying to teach us something through that financial burden? What if instead of trying to uh, have God heal sickness, what if God is trying to bring about a redemptive quality through that sickness? I think oftentimes our prayers are just trying to get God to alleviate ourselves of the situation. And oftentimes I just wonder, what if God doesn't want us to be alleviated of that situation? What if God wants us to sit in that situation for a little bit? Because he knows that, that through that trial, through that hardship, through that, um, that crisis, that is a, a faith stronger than anything can be developed out of it. And so I'm not saying it's bad to, to ask God to heal the sick or ask God to help you in your burdens. But, but sometimes I wonder if while we're asking God to heal someone, we also ask him, what are you trying to do through this situation? Uh, I wonder if it'd be better while we're asking God to remove the virus of COVID, we also ask God, hey, what are you trying to teach me, my family, my church through this situation? And I think if, if uh, in the process of seeking God out and seeking out what God is doing and then aligning ourselves with God, I think all of a sudden we can start to see what, the, uh, what redemptive qualities can come out of these hardships. Uh, here's the problem. Again, this is incredibly difficult because if I'm standing next to a family member who's dying, I don't want to know what God's plan is in that moment. I want to know what God, or I want God to know what my plan is. Because God's plan might be that they die. And, and I don't want that. But again, if we are going to humble ourselves, admit that we don't know, come to God in prayer who does know, seek his face, and align ourselves with his plan then we need to be willing to accept that his plan might be different than our plan. 
and that his plan might have a stay in hardship longer than we would like to stay in it. But here's the beautiful thing in in this step of, of the plan, uh, or in, in this step that, that God has for his people, um, while it's incredibly difficult for us, we can uh, rest assured that God himself has been placed in that exact same scenario. In Matthew 26, um, Jesus uh, was praying to God. So Jesus, uh, the son of God, was praying to God, the father, And he was just laying it out right before he was about to get crucified. Jesus was laying it out to God the Father, and he was saying that he doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to be crucified. But then what he says next is amazing. This is Matthew 26, 39. It says this. This is Jesus talking. My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will but as you will. Jesus prayed this prayer multiple times that night. Jesus sweated blood that night. Jesus, um, in his own human flesh, did not want to go to the cross, but he aligned himself with the will of the Father. Jesus knew this balance of, I'm going to make my request made known to God. But at the end of the day, your will be done, not mine. And I think that's what we need to do also. Again, I don't think it's bad to pray for God to heal the sick. I don't think it's bad for God, uh, to pray that God will remove COVID, that God will alleviate your financial burdens, that God will heal your family. I don't think these are bad prayers, but in the midst of those prayers, in the midst of the hardship, also look for what God's will is in that, and then look to align yourself with God's will. Seek his face. So in times of hardship, we should humble ourselves, we should pray, we should seek God's face, and then let's take a look at what the last step is. Uh, we're back in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. And if my people who bear my name humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. So the last step that God wants us to take in times of hardship is to turn from our evil ways because a lot of times those hardships will start to reveal sin in our life. And I love that this is the last step because um, in, in this last step, God is trying to get us to realize what we can change. He's trying to get us to realize what we can change and what we can't change. Well, let's take a look at verse 13. So, so when God was uh, posing the different um, crises that could come upon them, let's take a look at it. verse 13. God says, if I shut the sky so there's no rain, or if I command the grasshopper to consume the land, or if I send pestilence on my people. Those three scenarios, no rain, grasshopper consuming the land, and pestilence on his people, all three of those things, the people couldn't control. Whether the people want that to happen or not, it's going to happen. But if you're anything like me, you like to try to control things that you can't control. There are issues going on in, in the world that are completely outside of your control, and you spend your brain trying to figure out how to get out of it. 
And so I love it in the last uh, point when God says, turn from your evil ways. Here's the great thing. That is completely within your control. God is saying, you can't control me not sending rain, but what you can control is your sin. So the question is, is what sin is being surfaced right now through these hardships? What sin is God trying to re reveal in your life for you to turn from through these hardships? And, and, and here's a little exercise that you can do to kind of help wrap your mind around this. Um, if you have time later, just grab a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle, and in the left column, uh, uh, write circumstances that I can't change. And in the right column, write down sin issues I can change. And then just write down all the circumstances of the world that, that you don't have the ability to affect. And what you will probably realize is um, that these hardships and crisis that you can't affect are revealing some sin in your life that the great thing is you can change that, right? So, so for example, um, in the circumstances I can't change, you might write down COVID, right? Like, like none of us can change the fact that COVID is a thing. Uh, it, it's a virus in all of our technology we are still brought to our knees by a virus. You can't change that. But here's the thing. A sin issue that might have been revealed that you can write down in the sin column is anxiety. It might have revealed, revealed in you a fear of death that you didn't realize that you had. In the circumstances that you can't change, you might be writing down the election because through all of this political nonsense that our world or that our nation is going through in this election, regardless of what side that you're on, you might find yourself wanting it to be different and you can't change that. But you know what you can change is the sin that is revealed in your life, which might be anger. It might be arrogance and pride. It might be that you haven't been gracious to the people who disagree with you. Write down whatever works for you, whatever circumstances are going on in your life that you can't change. Maybe you lost your job. Who knows what it is? Maybe you're at home far more often than you would like to be and you can't change that. But you know what you can change? The sin that's revealed in that. Now, now let, let, let me be clear here. I'm not saying that these circumstances created this sin in your life. I'm saying that these circumstances revealed this sin in your life, which a lot of time hardships reveal sin in our life. Again, I don't think COVID created an anxiety in your life. I think that you probably had an underlying anxiety and what COVID has done is it's brought it to the surface. I think that you already feared death and then whenever you had the thought of dying from a virus, it brought that fear to the surface. I don't think the election caused anger in your life. I think that you probably already had anger issues in your life and the election has caused it to boil to the surface and to spew out onto anyone that disagrees with you. Hardships have a way of revealing sin in our life. And if you choose to ignore the sin in your life and allow the hardship to pass, then you are um, removing any redemptive quality that that hardship may play in your life.
Because in this final step that God has for us to take in times of hardship, he wants us to recognize the sin that's in our life and turn from that sin. Because he knows that life is better when you're not angry everyone all the time. He knows that life is better when you're not worried about what tomorrow brings. He knows life is better when you're content with the comfort that you have and that you, you aren't, your contentment isn't um, changed by your income, whether it's high or low. Your contentment isn't changed by, by whether you can go to the store or not, or whether you can come to, to church or not, but your contentment is found in Christ and Christ alone. God knows that's better. And so sometimes these hardships reveal the sin in our life. And, and if you want there to be a redeeming quality to the hardship in your life, then look for the sin to be revealed and allow God to work within that. And again, the, the beautiful thing about this is that you are completely in control of that. Like you can't blame anyone for not working on your sin issues. You can only blame yourself. Because through the power of the Holy Spirit within you, if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you have the ability to conquer any sin in your life. So what sin is God revealing to you right now that you need to work on? So what does God call us to do in times of hardship? He, he wants us to, to humble ourselves and admit that we don't have the answer. He wants us to pray to him the one who does have the answer. He wants us to seek his face and align ourselves with him and his plan. And he wants us to turn from our evil ways and change what we have the ability to change our sin. Is 2021 going to be a better year than 2020? I, I don't know. Like, I hope so. I really hope so. But regardless of whether... 2021 is better than 2020 or worse than 2020. It doesn't change the fact that God is wanting to move in and through you. And all we have to do is be attentive. So as we enter into 2021, I'm asking you individually, I'm asking you with your family, I'm asking us as a church to center ourselves around what God has for us. And if we can focus our attention on God and what he's doing, then man, God, God can work through us. God can work through his church. And God can shine bright through his church to a world who's going through those same very hardships. Let me pray that we do that. God, I thank you for your word and I thank you that that you are good, even in the midst of hardships, in the midst of trials, in the midst of uh, a crisis, you are good. And so, Lord, I pray uh, in this time, God, that we would look for where you're at work. God, that we wouldn't just um, aim to alleviate ourselves from any discomfort, but Lord, that we would just sit for a second and look for where you're at work and look for redeeming qualities that you're doing. God, I pray for anyone that's, that's watching this stream today who doesn't know you or, or who does know you. God, that you would be at work in their life, stirring their affections. That they might come to know you. That they might come to, to follow you better. 
to adore you more so that 2021 can be a great year for the people of God, regardless of what's going on in the world. God, thank you for all that you give us. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen.